The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome, everyone, to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. My name is Wayne Shepherd, and what a practical conversation ahead today, Percy. Absolutely. When we began to talk about information and knowledge, this is the subject for today of things that will be pertinent to the cancer community. Seven things you should know about cancer. That's our topic, and we're going to move quickly through these today, so take some notes as you go, or go back online at healthhopeandinspiration.com, where this program will be kept, and listen at your convenience. So seven things you should know about cancer, our topic today, but we always open with Scripture. Our spiritual nugget for today, Wayne, is found in Romans, the 8th chapter, verse 28, very familiar passage of Scripture, but powerful indeed. And we know that in all things, not some things, not a few things, but in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. This scripture really helps to establish a framework of our mental attitude and disposition, regardless of what is going on around us and what is potentially happening to us, that good can come out of any and all circumstances because of the purpose and the will of God. I agree with that wholeheartedly. All right, now we're going to talk about seven things today. We, of course, know this isn't an exhaustive list, but this is based on your own personal experience, isn't it? It is. It's based upon, again, years of basically spending time with cancer patients and their caregivers, of course, and and surveying the landscape, if you will, using that term very loosely, not formally, with regard to understanding some very core concepts and, and, and informational uh, speaking points that will be pertinent and relevant to the cancer community. When cancer invades our lives, whether we're the patient, the victim, or whether we're a caregiver, we all need information. We all are, are driven to the web. We're driven to our doctors to find out, you know, answers to those questions we have. Well, the Word of God tells us that my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. And so uh, knowledge is power, as we've heard the expression. And so we're here to just provide some very practical insight and knowledge and information that will empower people around the subject of cancer. The biggest dynamic that I have uh, come to understand, Wayne, about the cancer conversation is the wall of silence that goes up because of fear and feeling intimidated and not availing ourselves to good information that will allow us to feel uh, better prepared, if you will, and equipped to at least face the, the subject and the, the circumstances of cancer when we're faced with it. That even hinders us from wanting to ask questions, doesn't it, sometimes? Asking questions, having conversations, just having an open and honest dialogue. We want to lower that wall of silence so people will begin to engage, ask questions, and begin to really avail themselves to information that will be helpful to them. Yeah. Do you find that fear is the biggest issue here? I think fear is certainly one of the biggest issues and drivers, and it's still because of the historic reference and ideology around the subject of cancer. Of course, obviously, uh, the idea and the threat of uh, death and dying and mortality becomes something that keeps people somewhat fearful, and we need to empower people to work through that. Right. Well, seven things you should know about cancer. We'll get into this conversation with Reverend Percy McRae on today's program as we continue this conversation. By the way... Everything we're talking about today, you can download as a readable document right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. So stay tuned. More coming up today on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. 
If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease, evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic medicine, along with pastoral care to help maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. So glad you've tuned in today for this program, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Once again, I'm Wayne Shepherd with Percy McRae. All right, seven things you should know about cancer. Percy, what's number one? Number one on our list, Wayne, is that cancer can affect all types of people. Not a respecter person. That is correct, and it's important to understand this. And the caption that we have with our document that can be downloaded free of charge on Health, Hope, and Inspiration basically starts out by saying cancer is not only a global disease, and it certainly is a global disease, it is a community disease. How so? In other words, when we think about cancer, we need to understand that one person in our neighborhood, our family, our our church that is connected to other individuals, they are not individually only affected by cancer. Those individuals surrounding them are also on some level impacted by a threat of cancer mentally, emotionally, relationally. Uh, others feel the reverberation and the affect, if you will, to a certain extent, to greater or lesser degrees of an individual being diagnosed with cancer. They're impacted by that. Now, there's a message there, both for the cancer patient as well as the caregiver. Well, the message ultimately at the end of the day for both parties is this, is that uh, no man is an island. No one is going to sit isolated uh, with the threat uh, of a cancer uh, diagnosis and prognosis and just kind of sit isolated alone, even though there are times that cancer patients do isolate themselves, do uh, sequester themselves. Uh, in some cases, they're not talking or co- uh, communicating with others. There are still others around them that are being impacted by this uh, scenario and situation that they find themselves in. And so all individuals, race, uh, socioeconomic background, political affiliation. No one is immune to the to the devastation or the potential devastation of what cancer can do to individuals mentally, emotionally, physically, and of course, spiritually. And when you stop and think about it, that gives us an opportunity, doesn't it? The opportunity ultimately is, again, for those of us who tend to just want to go in our little house and mind our little business and kind of stay in our little, our little shell, if you will, the opportunity, particularly from a Christian faith-based perspective, is being a part of our neighborhood, our community, reaching out, loving, and extending ourselves to our brothers and our sisters in a way that's very much part of the communal dynamic of being a believer and being a citizen of the kingdom of God. Yeah, it works both ways. I, I know I've learned much from cancer patients. Well, the other tremendous thing, and again, I can say that as well. I can sing that same song. Uh, though I have never personally been impacted by cancer in 20 plus years, 
the things that I have learned, Wayne, the impact that I've had as an individual, as a person, uh, as a man, uh, as a minister has been invaluable that I've gleaned from individuals by supporting them who have shared their life, uh, their experiences and their circumstances and have allowed me to become part of that experience and journey has made me a better human being. No question about that. Yeah, I understand that completely. So the number one thing on our list of things you should know about cancer is that it can affect all types of people. All types of people. So again, uh, there are not just certain individuals who uh, receive a cancer diagnosis. Well, the question obviously would would arise, well, how does one receive lung cancer, but they've never smoked? Well, again, cancer is no discriminator of individuals across the board. And when we understand the universality of this disease, it also helps us, again, as been mentioned, the opportunity for the universal support and love and being engaged and uh, having insight to those individuals around us and in our world who are being impacted by this. And it really isn't a scenario or a situation of only certain people get cancer under certain circumstances. Just not true. We are all uh, open to the possibility of potentially receiving a diagnosis of that disease. The second thing we want you to know is that there can be practical ministry during this season, and it can have great benefits. Well, the opportunity here, as you mentioned and referenced earlier, is uh, the optimal uh, emphasis is on the word practical. We want to have the opportunity to be able to practically uh, affiliate, associate, and engage with people around us in ways that will be meaningful, that will have some substance and value to it. I think that in many cases, when people hear the subject and think about cancer uh, in a very grandiose way, they think about all of this high-level technical and medical uh, jargon and, and thought process. When we begin to get down on the grassroots level of family, friends, church, members, neighbors, we have an opportunity to practically connect with people in ways that will be meaningful for them. And and the thing that uh, the image that comes to my mind, I've been through two, three, actually three hurricane type scenarios. Oh, boy. And, and the worst of them was in Charleston, South Carolina and Hurricane Hugo. And what was amazing of what came out of that experience was everyone in the community, though they may not have necessarily affiliated or associated themselves prior to all came together and shared a hot dog or shared, I have some water, mm-hmm. or I have a generator, and everyone just kind of became this practical support to each other. We have the opportunity from a ministry perspective with regard to cancer to practically really get down into the uh, muck and mire, if you will, using that expression, to really su- support and associate ourselves with people around us and become very practical and simple. This is not rocket science. It doesn't require uh, great talents or abilities or even uh, resources, per se, as much as the ability to practically help meet and support the needs of individuals that we know and that we are affiliated with. And that can mean in a physical sense, in an emotional sense, certainly, and many times even in a spiritual sense, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Well, actually, all of those categories. Again, there are things that we can all do practically from from a, from a uh, again, from an emotional perspective, from a spiritual perspective, uh, everyday types of things, for example, cutting someone's lawn, yes. taking care of their grass, right. uh, grocery shopping, helping out with their children, walking someone's dog. These are all really super practical, and it doesn't require a lot of super energy and effort 
but can have such value and benefit to the individual that we're supporting. So please know about the practical opportunities to uh, minister to people who are going through a cancer journey. All right, as we often say at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, spiritual support is provided as desired by the patient. And so the thing we want listeners to know is... Well, the thing that we want listeners to know and understand with regard to spiritual needs, fundamentally, first and foremost, one spiritual path and one's spiritual journey is unique. Everyone does not necessarily embrace or experience or even articulate and express their sense of spirituality exactly the same. Very important, Wayne. And one of the things that I think happens from an organized religious, a corporate religious perspective is that we tend to try to create teams with colors and logos and (laughs) we look the same. We kind of, you know, and and the reality is, is that we serve a very uh, unique and personal God because we are very unique personal people and Mm -hmm. we have unique personal dynamics to who we are, good, bad or indifferent. The fact of the matter is there are unique elements to us that requires uh, a sensitivity, a respect factor and some insight. And when we begin to talk about spiritual needs of individuals, we need to be sensitive. We need to be respectful and we need to understand some boundaries. Yeah. One of the things that I've learned over the years and I've attempted to try to practice as much as I possibly can. And one of my spiritual mentors, uh, Dr. Miles Monroe, taught me this many, many years ago, is that we need to understand that there is a difference between imposing our faith upon individuals versus exposing our faith to individuals. I like that. And so there's a difference when we begin to call it, you know, come in as the cavalry to provide spiritual support to people. We tend to come with our filter and our spiritual lens, and that may or may not work for all of the unique dynamics of an individual sitting in front of us. So, for instance, it's may I pray for you. Right. Get permission. Ask. Do not assume. Never assume that a person is located somewhere spiritually that you have not defined, assessed and begin to ask for permission to delve into the biggest factor of anything that we can do that I think that really will impact people is showing them that we respect their boundaries and their rights to say yes or no. So we need to ask. We need to ask for that sure. permission. Remember, our goal is to reach the heart of that person. And we can't just, as you say, impose ourselves in, in well, that regard. And and I, I call it in many cases spiritual kamikaze. We can't just rush in and just bombard. <laughs> and we're, you know, we're coming in like the, the spiritual brigade. And, you know, faith man is here. You know, we need to really be very subtle and sensitive and understanding uh, the person that is sitting in front of us and understand how to uniquely minister to that unique need of that individual. Number three, spiritual needs can vary with each individual. So be sensitive. And by the way, as we talk about these things, you can download a free document right now at our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, that lists everything that we'll talk about today. This has been put together by our host, Percy McRae, and I think you'll benefit from it if you'll download the document free of charge at healthhopeandinspiration.com. We've covered three of the seven. Let's talk about number four. Cancer can be a journey. Be as present as much as possible. We've talked about it many times on the show here, Wayne. Again, the greatest ability that anyone can bring to a cancer patient or anyone that is struggling through a life crisis is your presence, your ability to be present, availability. Not your words. Not necessarily your words. I've learned that long, loud, thunderous prayers, uh, glorious three-point messages, or an in-depth theological statement are not necessarily what's really important here. Yeah, I get that. 
ultimately, at the end of the day, and I've seen this happen at the bedside of patients where they were so tired or they were mentally and emotionally uh, just not with the program because of maybe medication or not being properly hydrated or whatever, that they, in many cases, did not even remember what you may have said to Mm -hmm. them at the bedside, but they simply remembered that you were there. And be there consistently. Haven't you seen that when someone receives a diagnosis, everybody rushes to encourage the person, and then over time, as it drags on, treatment drags on, that support begins to fall off a little bit. Again, it does. It's 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 kind of that, that emotional, you know, uh, effect of, wow, we've got to do something, and everyone comes in, and then things kind of subside, and then kind of take on a normal pace, and then that kind of tapers off a little bit. Being present for individuals, being consistent in our presence really does and will make a difference for an individual, and it does send a very strong message of, again, Uh, I value you and I'm committed to you. And again, that doesn't necessarily mean that you sit and see someone every day or long uh, visits. But again, be measured in being consistent in how that person would like to be visited or communicated with or contacted with and understand what that rhythm and pace is that works best for them. Be faithful to love, help and encourage them all the way through. All the way through from the beginning of end and end. And again, good days and bad days will really have a tremendous impact on the mental and emotional psyche of that person that you're sitting in front of. Percy, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we'll continue talking about these seven things that you should know about cancer. And don't forget to go online right now to download this as a document that you can have in your hands right from your printer. Go to healthhopeandinspiration.com. More coming up on today's edition. You stay tuned to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease, evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic medicine, along with pastoral care to help maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. As we visit with you today on the program, we're talking about seven things you should know about cancer. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Percy McRae. And Percy put this list together to help all of us. This is tremendous, Percy. Now, I realize that a lot of listeners are not in a position they can take notes on today's program. And that's why we've made this whole list available as a downloadable document right now. Again, on healthhopeandinspiration.com, you can find this and several other downloadable, free downloadable resources that were developed just for this audience that you can access and utilize anytime that you choose. You can share and pass along to others as well. So please, 
avail yourself. Health, hope, and inspiration.com. Let's continue down our list of these seven things you should know about cancer. Number five, caregivers need support too. Very important topic. We've we've dedicated entire shows mm-hmm. on this particular format, Wayne, to have this conversation. Oftentimes, the caregiver is the person who is forgotten and left out of the loop in terms of attention and care and responsiveness. Uh, the attention is all focused around the patient, uh, and and rightfully so, because, again, everyone is very interested and, and in committed to what's going on with the patient. But as time moves on, we tend to forget about the person that is directly providing care to that individual. Right. And so many times caregivers are, are not resting properly. They're not eating properly. They have not taken sufficient uh, breaks, if you will, from the day-to-day grind of being a caregiver and their mental, emotional Spiritual and physical health is suffering and in some cases uh, deteriorating to such a degree that they're no longer an effective caregiver. Mm. And so it compounds the situation and we need to give them a break. We need to let them know that we care, that we recognize them when there's victories with the with the actual patient, that the victory didn't just come because of the patient, but also because of the care of the caregiver as well. They need to be given credit for that, that they were part of that process and understand at the end of the day that they have needs also that need to be addressed. We've got to support them in every way. Such an important topic here today. All right. Number six, others want to be involved. What do you mean by this? Well, it's interesting because sometimes uh, for some of us who have certain personalities where we're very private and we tend not to want to include uh, the outside world in our affairs and what's going on in our lives, we actually are negating the opportunity for others who truly love us and care for us who want to be part of the experience, to be part of the dynamic of being there for us. And we tend to cheat people. And I know I'm a very private, personal person. And my wife reminds me of this all the time, that, you know, you're cheating people from the opportunity to receive a blessing, to be a blessing to you or Mm. to be a blessing for you. It's a very interesting dynamic. It is, yeah. And so, again, sometimes when we close the world off and shut the world off, we're actually not giving people an ample opportunity to to bless us, which then blesses them by being part of that process. It goes back to that community aspect, doesn't it? It's a community experience, whether we like it or not or understand it or not, and we need to allow uh, our community as much as possible to be part of the process when it is helpful, when it is balanced, and when it is respectful. Finally, number seven on the list of things you should know about cancer, you need to plan and protect your time. It's a very important dynamic. So let's flip this this whole school of thought around about supporting and being part of the experience of a cancer patient. What can happen, and again, it kind of dovetails back into the conversation about caregiving, is that you can be so engrossed in supporting and taking care of other individuals that you forget about Again, managing your time in a way that you you lose the benefits of what you have to do day to day, whether it be work or uh, uh, duties or responsibilities or just your overall general health, because you have not protect you have not planned or protected your time accordingly. You can't be all things to all persons. You can't be everywhere all of the time. You're going to have to learn how to manage time effectively and efficiently, and this is going to require a little more discipline than some people may uh, typically utilize with regard to how they plan their day so that, again, you can be an effective caregiver, but you also can effectively manage your world around that situation. 
Well, Percy, I hope and pray that our conversation today has encouraged those who are going through cancer or who want to be a cancer care provider in the life of a loved one or a friend. Uh, This has been very encouraging. Well, again, seven things. Again, just as you said, not exhaustive, but just something to give people some really core things to think about. Take us back to Romans as we close. Our spiritual scripture for the day as we close quickly is found in Romans 8, 28. And we know, we should know that in all things, all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. If you would like to download the free copy of 7 Things You Should Know About Cancer, go online right now to healthhopeandinspiration.com. This was put together by Percy, and we want to make it available to you free of charge. There is no obligation. We just want to help. Go to healthhopeandinspiration.com and download 7 Things You Should Know About Cancer. Percy, our time goes by so quickly each week, but uh, I look forward to our next conversation. I do as well. Be blessed and continue to know that the best is yet to come. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this week's edition of Health, Hope, and Inspiration. See you next time. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease, evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic medicine, along with pastoral care to help maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits.